you just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Hey, friends. Welcome to Nathan for Us, formerly Nathan for Us and Nathan for You podcast, now renamed recently to Nathan for Us, a Nathan Fielder fan podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And wow, I'm so excited to be here talking about a brand new Nathan Fielder show in the year of our Lord 2022. Megan, how are you feeling about this? I'm feeling great. I wasn't expecting it uh, when we first started Nathan for us, but wow, what a treat. Yes, and I do feel like this is kind of the perfect continuation of Nathan for you. It feels like it's very much in the same mold. Um, so I think Nathan has has built something that is just a very, very great treat for fans of his show. Oh, yeah, this definitely feels like it could have been a Nathan for you episode. Like, yeah. Like the hero meets uh, Smokers Aloud. It's very much the same. It feels like the same format and the same vibe where Nathan is like presented as this expert and he's here to help you accomplish your goal uh, with a wacky method. Exactly. And if anyone is unaware of who we are, Megan and I <laughs> both graduated from business school in Canada with really with good very grades. good grades. And uh, we are self-proclaimed Nathan Fielder experts. We've watched Nathan for you a million times. We've watched Nathan's other skits a bunch of times. We watched How to with John Wilson. We're just big fans. Kelly, um, at her bachelorette party, made us leave early so that we could go and watch uh, Nathan for you. And uh, the two of us were the only ones to leave early. And we passed it on a couch watching Nathan for you. And everyone else kept partying. So that is our commitment level. <laughs> yeah, if you are not skipping out on your own bachelorette party to watch Nathan, you just are not at the same level as us. I'm sorry. Just off the cuff before we even discuss the episode, can I hear some of your first reactions to the rehearsal in general? Excellent. Awkward. It took me on a journey. Um yeah, very much Nathan for you vibes, which is the vibes that I was looking for. I think, you know, I was expecting something completely different for whatever reason. I tried not to read too much about the show going in. I tried to come into it with fresh eyes and I was really pleasantly surprised. I'm excited to see how the next few episodes go and if it'll be the same format or if he's just doing the same skit with new people every time. Being the name, the rehearsal, I would assume so. I'll probably look it up a bunch more after this, but I kind of wanted to go into it blindly. Yeah, exactly. I kind of feel the same way. Um, I think it's kind of fun because when we were podcasting about Nathan for you, and if anyone missed it, we did not finish the Nathan for you series, but we are going to once the rehearsal's done airing, we're going to go back and finish up the last couple episodes. Um, Just a brief intermission. You know, life happens. But um, I did think it was really fun that we get to go back and watch this show with the listeners having never seen it before either. Whereas in the in the past, we were only talking about things that we've seen multiple times. So it's kind of cool that we're experiencing something with fresh, fresh eyes and ears. We're doing it together, gang. Yeah, we're here to hold your hand through this whole process. <laughs> we have not rehearsed. However, we're here for you. We think you're great people. Yes. So I also wanted to ask you if you could have turned any Nathan for you skit into a full series is this what it would have been or is there a different show you would have made that's a great question and I think for me I think finding Francis um would probably be what I would pick I just think that the finding like a lost lover kind of journey that Nathan takes us on in that two-part episode is so funny and wild but this is probably better than what I would have imagined. I would have picked Ghost Realtor as like oh, this yes. fun HGTV haunting show where Sue comes and sells us a great home and makes sure that it's not haunted. I feel like that would have been very funny, but definitely could have been its own spinoff. And 
I really love the direction that this went. Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of getting that later on this year, probably with um, his other series with Emma Stone, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of an yes. HCTV haunting show. So we'll have to yes, see where I'm that so goes. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. That one's scripted, though. Yes, which will be totally different and very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we could briefly set up what the rehearsal is as far as we know so far, just in mm-hmm. case anyone is tuning in and maybe unsure if they want to watch this series. Um, first of all, you should definitely watch this series because it is very funny and it's very fun to watch Nathan do something with an HBO budget. I mean, the IMDb summary, I think, probably says it. In the most clear terms, which is that Nathan Fielder gives people a chance to rehearse for their own lives in a world where nothing works out as expected. So essentially, Nathan is taking people who have something they're preparing for, whether it's revealing a big secret or just dealing with some kind of situation that they haven't dealt with before, and he helps them rehearse it in every single way to determine the best outcome and the best way that they should move through that scenario. Yes. So in classic Nathan Fielder fashion, we start this episode with a Craigslist ad. And if you have seen Nathan for you, it is one of the greatest starts to an episode as we always meet fun and wacky characters through Craigslist ads. And this Craigslist ad says, TV opportunity, is there something you're avoiding? Submit video. So with this ad, we got a submission from Cor Skeet, who has a dilemma. Now, he has told his trivia team for years and years that he has a master's degree. This is, in fact, a lie. And he is enlisting Nathan's help to figure out how best he can tell his team that he does not have a master's degree and to reveal this secret. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious because I feel like we've had conversations in our real life about a certain lie of omission that we're aware of that wasn't a big deal at the time but now after many years of no one talking about this situation has oh suddenly my become a God. big deal i'm not going to reveal what it is <laughs> even though none of our friends listen to this podcast yo let's drag involved. them <laughs> that would be a wild way for them to find out um but it is so funny how these like little things that don't seem like a big deal It's just the longer you go on not telling the truth about something, the more awkward it becomes. Yes. So Korsky, his issue is that he's currently looking for a job and one of the trivia members keeps sending him job postings that require you to have a master's degree to apply. So his friend's really trying to help him out, send him all these job postings. And so now he's feeling very awkward about the fact that he can't actually apply to these jobs that his friend's trying to help him with because he doesn't have the educational background. So that's why he feels that now is the right time to reveal this secret. Yeah. And I do feel like 12 years is a pretty long time to keep a secret like this. Um, But it's also one of those things where I could see you just like saying it one day, being like, oh, yeah, my master's degree. And then it's like, you can't take that back once you've said it, because why would you ever lie about something like that? It's so random. Yeah, it does seem like something that is unnecessary to lie about. And I guess he probably feels that way a little bit, too. We see through the episode that, you know, he was a little bit embarrassed by his educational background, even though he does have a bachelor's degree. And that's, you know, a great level of education to have Um, for whatever reason, because the other trivia members have a master's degree. He felt like in order to keep up and fit in with them, he needed to say the same. Yeah, this this series is a lot more wholesome than Nathan for you, I think, when we cut down to it. Um, we can discuss that more at the end. But yeah, I think his reasons for lying totally make sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think if he wasn't applying to jobs, he would ever reveal the secret or it's like a very specific situation? I think probably not just because I doubt it would come up naturally other than this, right? It's yeah. not like you're bringing up your master's degree all the time, even though he is mm-hmm. in trivia, which is probably one of the only times where you maybe would talk about what you studied if you have a very specific set of knowledge. Though Core's knowledge is pretty hilarious because he allegedly is a, his specialty is TV shows um, and TV series. Yeah, he's not familiar with Nathan for you. Thus, he's definitely not familiar with our podcast. 
I mean, I didn't think he would be, but maybe after this show and after meeting Nathan, he decided to go back and watch and see what he really got himself into. So the first interaction that we see is Nathan going over to Cora's house, meeting him, and they go through what seems like a very normal interaction. Um, He walks into the door, they say hello, they chat about his bookshelf a little bit, which I have some thoughts on. (laughs) But it appears to be this very regular, nothing special interaction. Um, While Nathan is sitting and chatting with Cora, we learn that Nathan has practiced this interaction over and over and over again and has rehearsed every possible thing he thinks Cora could reply with to any of his questions and has rehearsed this. So in order to do it, he had sent his team. They had pretended that for a gas leak, they were checking the apartment to see um, if there was any issues where he had his team come in and do a full 3D scan of the whole apartment. They then recreated the whole apartment in another location. So Nathan could practice walking through it, in it, out of it, recognizing everything that's on the shelves, trying to think of jokes he could make based on where doors are positioned and being comfortable moving around the space. He even hired an actor to play core to go over his video, try to practice his mannerisms, try to guess what things he could say back. Yeah, this reveal to me, I knew what the show was about, but like just the level that Nathan takes this to with the 3D scans and recreating the entire apartment and the actors looking exactly like the people that they're acting as like, this is just another level that I really wasn't expecting. How did you feel about it? With the 3D scanned face for the hero? um, Yes. You know, I was expecting it to be crazy. Like you think of how many steps Nathan has taken in so many of his other episodes and like why they're so special is because he's going to go to the nth degree to to make it absurd and to make it bigger and better than you could ever imagine. Like recreating the full apartment is probably something that's very unnecessary. You could, you know, have the conversation and practice, but it's what gives it that wow factor and that, oh, like... You really went there. So do we think that this helped the conversation or do you think that it would have gone just as well without it? I think, (laughs) I mean, it definitely could have gone just as well without having every single thing recreated. However, for the purposes of this TV show, I think it's fully necessary for Nathan to take it this far. And like, let's be honest, he's working with HBO's budget now. They're footing the bill. I think he wanted to like, you know, be a little spendy for once. And I appreciate that from him. So one of the things that Nathan practices is walking up to Cora's bookshelf and pulling the book down, How to Make Love All Night and Drive Women Wild. He thinks that he can make a great joke about this um, and really connect with Cora. So I thought, why don't I look up this book and, you know, see what (laughs) it's all about. So strategically going in private mode. Um, I looked at this book of 183 ratings on Goodreads. It's got a 3.85. And um, I thought we could go over some of the reviews. You were smart enough to actually go on private mode. I did not. I just said, you know what? <laughs> Give me those ads for, for this book. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let me read a synopsis of this book. No matter how old or young, experienced or not, anyone can achieve levels of fulfillment and satisfaction never thought possible. Sex therapist Dr. Barbara Kiesling tells men and women the simple secrets that can give couples unmatched pleasure for years. Using Dr. Kiesling's techniques, you and your partner will embark on an erotic exploration of the realms of senses and experience intimacy like never before. Her proven helpful tips include how to prolong lovemaking as long as you want, exercises that can enhance pleasure, learning how to touch and how to feel, igniting your partner's passion, and so much more. Yeah, I mean, who can argue with that? Um, I will say, I so I also did look it up on Goodreads because it, it just felt like we had to. Because um, great minds. <laughs> great minds think alike. Core also says when they're talking about the books, you know, I'm something of a bibliophile and I'm something of a bibliophile myself. So just had to do our due diligence here. Um, I will say my personal favorite, probably of all of the reviews on Goodreads, 
is one that just says, it's best to read this in the original French version. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I would like to know more. Um, yeah. What's the difference? I mean, I, a non-French speaker, will never know. And we'll never know what I'm missing out on. But you <laughs> could go and read both English and French and report back. Are you dedicated enough to the podcast? I think the problem is like how embarrassed will I feel marking this on my story graph? Um, because I would need to count it for my 100 books that I want to read this year. It counts as two books, right? That's or would it true. count as one book? I think it counts as two. Um, it's also available on Audible, so oh. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just start rocking it as an audiobook. Uh, you know, driving through the city, listening to Doctor Barbara Kiesling's tips. Yeah, you know, you can listen to it as a household report back. Yeah, did you have any any of your favorite reviews from the Goodreads <laughs> Goodreads listing? I mean, the fact that people even wrote reviews uh, was surprising to me. You know, I feel like if you were to read this book, it'd be one of those things you don't want to admit to. But we have lots of people uh, with their full name just, you know, out there leaving reviews. I don't know. If you own this book, would you leave it on your shelf when people when a film (laughs) crew's coming over? Maybe. We do know that he's divorced and single. So perhaps this was like a long con course hoping to like entrance a woman like you know you see this on tv and you're like oh mr skeet he knows how to <laughs> whoa <laughs> how to make love all night and drive a woman wild not one or the other but both i didn't think of it that way uh maybe he got some dates because of this we looked it up so like we were intrigued we did I probably we, we were intrigued <laughs> i wouldn't have if we weren't on the podcast i don't think Oh, no, um, I wouldn't have if we weren't on the podcast either. I promise by next week I will at least listen to the Audible preview to see what, because okay. I am interested in what the voice sounds like who's reading the book. It must be her reading it, right? The TBD. Author? We'll report okay. back. I tend to only like Audible books that are written or that are read, I guess, by old British men. Um, (laughs) I'll like check (laughs) if you don't sound like an old wizard I probably don't want to hear an audible book from you that is a plot twist if this is read by an old British man I will be right I'll I'll listen to the whole thing if it is like I'm 10 times more likely to listen I'm actively disappointed if uh, that's not the voice of the book I'm listening to (laughs) So after we see the bookshelf, um, Nathan and Cor get into a little bit more of a conversation about the lie and kind of why Cor wants to talk about it now, as well as we learn one thing about his trivia group, which is that one of the people in the group might react violently, is the word used, to this new information, which... We later learned that the person's name is Trisha. I personally think I would be pretty offended if I watched this back and my friend said, oh, yeah, she might react violently. Like, you're not wrong, but I don't want you to say it on TV. Yeah, definitely. Definitely would be super offended, especially based on her actual reaction. This is full of spoilers here. So we're just going to jump all about. But Trisha reacts fairly well to unveiling this large deception. Uh, that he has a master's degree. But based on all of this discussion ahead of time, I really thought she was going to lose it on him. When you use the word violent, I tend to think of like physical violence initially. Yeah. So when he was describing it, I was like, oh my gosh, who is this absolutely crazy person on your trivia team that's going to act violently? And when Nathan asked him to elaborate and describe, um, Cor had said, you know, I'm worried that her words will be so scathing that our friendship won't recover from it. Um, So I was really worried about conversations that they previously had and what she was going to say about this. Yeah, it's it's definitely a shocking thing to say about someone that you hang out with every week, especially (laughs) like, oh yeah, one of my friends is violent. (laughs) Like, that's not a good thing. Yeah, or to have like such a violent reaction and be so upset about 
you lying about your education? Like it doesn't, I guess she sent a few job postings, but it really doesn't seem that important. Like if one of my friends had lied about this and was like, oh, by the way, I don't have this degree. I'd be like, oh, okay. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a discussion. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's one of those things too, where it's like, he's been lying about it for so long. It's probably been like eating away at him for so long that it just seems like such a big issue, even though like Mm -hmm. it turns out to not to be basically non-issue. Yeah, I think it's something he definitely built up in his own mind and he felt insecure about. So he thought it was a bigger deal than it was. But uh, yeah, Trisha should definitely be offended uh, after this (laughs) for sure. Just a little. I mean, there's a few parts she should probably be offended by. So Nathan does take our friend Cor up to upstate New York to go skeet shooting. What would you say about skeet shooting as a bonding trip? Because it's not the first thing I would have thought of. It kind of seems like fishing where you're going to a remote place. You'll probably hang out there for a few hours. Um, I guess they have to have the headphones on for while they're shooting. So if anyone doesn't know what skeet shooting is, um, they send like little ceramic or clay discs into the air that you shoot at them. And it's kind of like target practice. I think they're called clay pigeons. And so, yeah, it just seems like an okay activity. Probably wherever you're driving is a little bit far away. Um, Having headphones on and loud guns uh, might take away a little bit from the conversation, but I'd go. Maybe, Maybe we'd be closer than ever. Yeah, I guess we've never tried it. What Nathan reveals to us while they're skeet shooting is that they were actually only shooting blanks. And Nathan had set it up to be like this because he thought it would be a really funny moment when neither of them could hit one and they could bond over it. Yeah, this would make me so pissed (laughs) if I was this bad at an activity. Like, I would just get more frustrated than anything. Yeah, I think I would want to keep trying until I actually hit one. So we might end up staying there for quite a while. Um, They didn't seem to bond extra because they weren't hitting like uh, Core didn't seem to like laugh about it too much or they didn't seem to talk about it very much at all. Yeah. Do you know where is somewhere to bond though? A heated swimming pool. I hear that's the spot to disclose intimate personal information. (laughs) Look. I'm not saying it's like the best place to make friends, but it's how Kelly and I met. So if you want a friend for life and a (laughs) co-host and a maid of honor, go to your local pool. (laughs) It's true. That is, yes, that is a true fact. We did meet lifeguarding, though that pool was not very heated, I will say. No, no, it was a little bit chillier. We were not interrupted by an old swimming man, Um, but maybe that means that I could have held some more secrets if we were. (laughs) I think like a hot tub would have maybe been a better choice, but I understand wanting to do it in the pool so that they could have the interruption. Um, Mm -hmm. We also learn a very key piece of Nathan trivia, which is that he was married for three years, which I don't think we actually knew precisely how long he was married when we were podcasting about Nathan for you. So I think now we can better pinpoint whether or not he had a wife when he filmed The Hunk. I feel like he definitely had a wife when he filmed The Hunk, and that's why he cut it off. But um, if he didn't, I would be shocked. That'll be question number one we ask him. While The Hunk was filming, were you married or not? (laughs) If you know this, write us a note. Write write us a review. (laughs) Yeah, if anyone wants to, like, anonymously submit tips, like, we'll accept them 100%. My DMs are open on Twitter. And probably on Instagram. Probably everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to be honest. This is a... Oh, Kelly, would you like to plug our Instagram and Twitter while we're here? (laughs) This natural segue. Yeah, of course. Check out our uh, Instagram at Nathan for us pod if you want to anonymously DM us tips about if Nathan was married or not. Or, uh, you know, send us a TikTok at Nathan for us podcast, our newly made TikTok account. Yes, because someone took Nathan for us pod and we don't know if it was previous us who forgot a password or someone else just made it. Um, 
I still think that someone stole it from us. If anyone listening stole Nathan Frost pod, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty upset at you. Uh, it was pretty heartbreaking two days ago when I tried to log in because I had an idea for a funny Nathan for us TikTok and couldn't could not get onto the account. So don't follow Nathan for us pod, but definitely follow Nathan for us podcast. So while swimming, we learned that Cor was married for five years and Nathan for three. Uh, Cor thinks that this is one of the biggest failures of his life. And Nathan acts like he's about to, you know, divulge some more information, bond with him, but he didn't really want to get personal. So he had pre-planned an elderly man to come swimming uh, at the point where he was about to reveal more information about his own failed marriage. So he would be cut off and wouldn't have to continue the conversation. Um, If I could pre-plan an old man to come and interrupt a conversation when it got to the point that I didn't want to talk anymore, that would be great. It's kind of genius. And I would love an old man to just like come in on cue when I send a quick text to interrupt a convo. I agree. I do think this is like a key piece of information that we want to know more about from Nathan. (laughs) I'm nosy (laughs) as hell. How many times has Nathan in his real life had someone come and interrupt at a key moment? Maybe he had to go feed his cat. How do you go back to not rehearsing your life after this? Yeah. How do you interact with normal people again without having all of this practice? (laughs) You panic and look for your flow chart at any given moment. Someone goes off script. No improv. (laughs) Yeah. Nathan is really suffering for his art after this. Yes. So after the pool, um, we learn that Trisha is a freelance writer who Core is afraid of. And, you know, Core didn't even want to say her name at the beginning. The most that we got was him pointing at a photo of her. And over time, through all of these bonding activities, Nathan gets Cora to reveal who she is. So she has a blog called Cheap Chick in the City. And the majority of the posts from this blog are actually her just apologizing for having nothing to post about. Yeah, um, I will say I I think she's gotten like a little bit better about hosting. She posted July 2nd um, about some lemonade stand at Taco Vista on Governor's Island. So, you know, this blog is still active. So good for Trisha. Yeah, after this episode, I'm sure that she'll post way more. Her blog's probably popping now. Yeah, it must be. I also like what Nathan says um, that sometimes you don't want to say anything but want people to know that you exist. That's literally (laughs) me every day on Instagram. So I very much appreciated that line. You know memories on Facebook? Those have taught me to just never speak or write anything ever again. (laughs) It's rough. It is rough. We also learned that Trisha has an affinity for an actor named Vincent Carthizer. I I have no idea who that is or anything about them, and I did not look them up. Well, Megan, I've got some some info for you. I Um, thought you might. Okay. I don't really care about any of the movies or TV shows that he was in, but... Um, I do care about who he's dated, um, oh. and you will too. So number one, he he's dated two people that are very, they're very important figures in our lives. So the first is that he dated his co-star in The Hairy Bird, which like birds are just everywhere in this episode, I guess. Um, Rachel Lee Cook for four months in the year 1998. And I am famously a huge fan of the movie Josie and the Pussycats 2001, which stars Rachel Lee Cook. So there's that. And then Megan, for you, you know who he dated in mid-2012? I don't want to guess. <laughs> Slash is married to and has a son with. Oh, my. And sold who? a Brooklyn duplex penthouse for $1.32 million within May of 2016. It's your pal and someone that I don't know very well. Rory Gilmore herself, Alexis <gasps> Bledel. <laughs> oh, okay. I know exactly who we're talking about now. Okay, yes. Okay, yeah. I love Rory. I love Gilmore Girls. Fun fact, the Gilmore Girls pilot was filmed in my little hometown, Unionville. So I, I had no idea who we were talking about before, and now I know exactly who we're talking about. He's the guy from Mad Men, right? 
He is in Mad Men. He played Pete Campbell yeah. for mm-hmm. 87 episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because he played Pete Campbell, he just like always seems a little slimy to me, but I'm sure in real life he's a nice person. What an absolutely specific person to be into. Also like, qu- <laughs> questionable. <laughs> it's just and he doesn't say that she like has a crush on him. Just that she's like really into him but like he doesn't really say the context like we don't know if she has a crush or if she just really likes his work like she's just a big fan i i would like to know more about her relationship to vincent Carthyser. yeah i don't know if we'll ever learn more but you could write to her on her blog and ask for some extra information maybe maybe we need to does she have a podcast about him yo should we get her on the podcast she will she'll just talk over us Oh, no. Well, if we trash her, she definitely won't come on. That's true. I should stop. Um, Wait, we must be uncensored. (laughs) You can't muzzle us. Um, So Nathan Nathan obviously decides that he needs to find a way to connect with uh, Trisha. So he starts his own blog about how to, in the words of his blog, do New York dot cheap so he starts thriftyboy.org which is a real website um and i can read a couple of the things to do that are listed obviously bird watching free and fun send it back your guide to free dining know your white rights can a waiter arrest you um oh my gosh. friends owe you money don't let it slide anyway <laughs> highly <laughs> highly recommend checking this out it's it's very funny um it unfortunately does have a pop-up that comes up that says to our loyal thrifty boy readers it is with great sadness we announced thrifty boy is shutting down due to lack of funding across the industry financial pressures have made it increasingly difficult to do good journalism we are proud of what we have achieved in our short tenure and are incredibly grateful to our talented team of freelancers for making us a hub for thrifty new yorkers Thank you to all our loyal readers. We ask that you please support other publications dedicated to providing information about free and cheap activities. Journalism is dying and we need to support it now more than ever. Do we DM our good friend Austin Bowers and ask him if he was the ghostwriter for this? Oh, that is a great idea. We should check in. It does look like they're only um, like blurbs. So there isn't a full article. It just says like Mm. the name of the article and then like a tiny like two sentence description. But it is very possible he was contacted to help. If I ever needed a ghostwriter, you know we'd be contacting Austin Bowers. Oh, yeah, 100%. So Nathan reaches out to Trisha and is able to set up a meeting with her to discuss birdwatching, which is obviously a thrifty activity that you can partake in in New York City. And he sends his Trisha lookalike slash Trisha actress to meet up with Trisha. We see them have a little meetup where they talk about mostly Trisha talks to the actress about herself it seems even though the actress is supposed to be the one being interviewed one of the questions that she asks is do you have any fun stories with birds and I was wondering if you have any fun stories with birds I have a not fun story with birds with you oh no (laughs) not that one (laughs) um No, other than just like, you know, every blue moon you're out. And if you've ever put some seeds in your hand at like a park or a zoo or something and you've convinced a bird to land on your hand, that's always like a fun time. Other than that, no no big bird stories. Yeah, I feel like this has come up before, but I like famously do not like birds. Like I really don't like them. They kind of freak me out. When I was in a sorority in university, One of the girls in our sorority who we used to hold initiation at her house, her parents were like very wealthy. So they had a huge mansion and they had like an African gray parrot. And first of all, it was terrifying because it would like laugh in the middle of the night, which was very spooky. And second of all, she told us that when it would get mad, it would go up to the edge of the cage and just like projectile shit like at people. So that made me really not into birds. When I said Big Bird story, it made me remember that my dad uh, was a stunt double for Big Bird for the Sesame Street movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, yeah. 
So there's a photo of him like in the body, but it's obviously his normal human head. Um, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Wait, there's a guy in the Big Bird suit? What? <laughs> to be clear, he is not normally a Big Bird. It was like a one-time thing. But um, I think he was like, I didn't watch the movie myself, but I think he was like in a cage and had to like break out and jump off the back of a car. Um, oh so God. I guess that is my one Big Bird story. Yeah, I'm I'm rattled. Big Bird even needed a stuntman. That's wild. <laughs> Good for him. Paper doesn't do his own stunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's so big. Sh- shattered. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll get over it. Let's chat about the Alligator Lounge, which is the location where Core and Trisha normally do trivia. This bar mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, like, we need to go, right? First meeting oh for you meet up. Okay, yes. Also, you look on their website, the headline of this webpage is free pizza every day. Like, tell me more. Free pizza? Yeah, if you buy if you buy a drink for $4 or more, you get a free pizza. It's insane. That's such a good deal. If you live in Brooklyn, run. Don't walk, run. <laughs> tell us how the pizza is. You need to go there immediately. They also have like I don't know it just looks like good vibes they have karaoke perhaps like this seems like an incredible place to be the only thing missing is an alligator guarding a television oh my god if only honestly before I looked it up on google maps I was like oh this is like fake this is like not a real place like and no it's real dreams do come true the alligator lounge is a real place and they have karaoke nights it seems like a sweet spot Yeah, 4.4 stars on Google, so you know it's a solid spot. So to begin practicing the conversation where Cor reveals to Trisha that he has been lying for 12 years, they want Cor to be able to practice this conversation in a perfect replica of the Alligator Lounge. They go over some of the details of there's a very banged up looking chair with chunks taken out of it that they've created a perfect replica of. There's an old balloon that's in the ceiling in a corner that they've also added there. Like it's a perfect replica. Yeah, this is incredible. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if they're like going for an Emmy for set design or something, but uh, it looks really good. Like the house looked good and was cool, but to recreate an entire bar with like this much detail is next level. Yeah, I want to know if the Alligator Lounge sponsored this episode because the publicity is exquisite yeah and people have been writing them like google reviews in reference to the episode as well oh my gosh amazing you want to read a few of the reviews um i can pull them up at the end they're pretty funny a couple of them were Mm -hmm. like my grandma and i used to come here all the time and then she died of brain cancer and like someone let me sit at her special table Um, hilarious Yeah, that one was not that. I was so sorry. I don't know why I said that one. I didn't have any pulled up, so I just said the first one that I thought of. No, I mean, I think it's funny someone wrote it, but that, that excuse for getting a table is pretty, like, heartbreaking. It is. Someone wrote, my favorite place to get orange juice with no pulp. Um, yeah. This place was just what I needed after a loud food truck ruined my day. Had a great conversation about presidential children and grandchildren with an old friend good rum and cokes and pizza just like i love this oh my gosh so fun if you're gonna review bomb somewhere because it was on a tv show like this is the way to do it like give them those five stars write something funny and like let's send some people to the alligator lounge oh my gosh yes Uh, we were in new york so recently if only if only we could go (laughs) we'll have to go back So when Cor sees this, so Cor sees this and he refers to Nathan as Willy Wonka. And obviously he thinks this is a compliment, but Nathan asks the question, is Willy Wonka the bad guy? And I didn't think about it before, but he might be. You think Nathan's the bad guy or Willy Wonka's the bad guy? Well, I didn't think either of them were the bad guy until I Googled it to see what the people were thinking. (laughs) And everyone's like, multiple children died. Is this not an issue? And then people were talking about how it was his evil lair and he has the Oompa Loompas. But, you know, 
he had a fun contest for marketing. So how can I hate? He seems like a good businessman. He enslaved. I don't know if the Oompa, like if the Oompa Loompas are like a race, but that's what it seems like, right? Like a race of people. And then murdered a bunch of children. And he was like kind of a dick to Charlie for like no reason. Like, did he murder them or did they get themselves in trouble? I think that he murdered them. (laughs) Augustus Gloop got sucked (laughs) up that tube. (laughs) Never to be seen again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't enough investigating after the fact. No. And there is a sequel to Willy Wonka, like the book. Um, I haven't read it, so I won't pretend to be an expert on this. But I'm fairly certain the kids are dead. I was so excited for a second. I was like, is there a deep dive? Is there an investigation? What happened to the children? Hey, if anyone's out there, like, I'm sure there's a fan fiction we could look up. Um, I'll try and find one. Fan fictions normally go another way. So while while we're inside the Alligator Lounge, um, Nathan is talking about the importance of kind of making sure that you have the correct chair and that everything is set up the way that you want. And I do question, what did you think of Nathan sitting in that chair in Coors house? Cause Nathan says it made him look stupid. And I kind of agree. Um, I'm like that chair that core had seemed a little out of place for his decor. Do you think we plant, do you think that they planted it there just so Nathan would look dumb? Just so Nathan could say that that could have been the reason why the conversation didn't go well. Potentially. Yeah. You can't believe anything anymore. (laughs) Everything was planned. Yeah. Big Bird is not real. You're having a separate crisis here. (laughs) So at this point, we meet the flowchart software where Nathan inputs basically every single facet of the conversation and the different ways in which it can go. Uh, Were you impressed by Nathan's software? I mean, I don't know about like, like, it's not like the software predicted the conversation. It just essentially made him like a flow chart that he input the options into. If the software itself was coming up with options and trying to predict the way the conversation would go, I would be impressed. I would also be interested in reading that because I feel like it'd be a little silly. Um, Just creating a flow chart itself is not impressive, but creating a flow chart of this conversation as Nathan is very impressive. Like I would love to see the full flowchart like upload the flowchart give the people what they want I want to read every option every outcome we get a brief scan of it and it looked very in-depth as we see the real uh, play-by-play we see a few of the options uh, that they had uh, variables for and we see how core is able to adapt to the situation but I would love to read the full flowchart I liked when they showed versions of it going really poorly. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's like a choose your own adventure book. It was like mm-hmm. very goosebumps. I, I loved it. Yes. Yeah. The one situation where, and we kind of see this at the end, but where everyone kind of makes fun of Core for not having a master's degree was like living in <laughs> the brain of like having an anxiety attack. Like, I I really felt bad watching it. What brings me peace is the fact that they did this at least 13 times. And there were other versions where uh, things went really well. And the fact that the real life conversation went really well brings me peace. Yeah. Okay. Also, something that I think we need to touch on just a little bit, though I'm sure we'll get derailed. Touch touch hands on. Yeah. Are they into into Trisha? (laughs) What is going on? Okay. I'm glad we were on the same wavelength. I don't think he's into Trisha. I think you don't. Okay. Them pro- no. Because when he put his hand down and they pointed out, oh, if you put your hand down on the table and you're touching Trisha's hand, that comes off as flirty. He wanted confirmation of like how he could react in a non-flirty way. And when they were practicing it, when they accidentally touched hands, he pulled his hand away too dramatically. Uh, Like an offensive amount of dramatically. Like if I was at lunch with a friend and we accidentally like brushed fingers and they pulled their hand away, like, oh, 
I would be like, okay, simmer down. I'm not the plague. Like an overcorrection situation going on. It was an overcorrection. They should have pointed it out of you can just don't put your hand down in that close proximity to begin with, not pull your hand dramatically away. Okay, I have two schools of thought on this. We can take the flowchart mm-hmm. in two directions here. Okay. Direction one is maybe Core is into the actress playing Trisha and that's why he touched oh. her hand. Yes. Okay. Gigi is her name on IMDb. I like I like adventure number one. And then option two, you know, Core has been reading. We know Core has been reading Dr. Barbara Kiesling's book, How to Make Love All Night and Drive a Woman Wild. <laughs> I needed to reread the title again. <laughs> and in that book, you are supposed to learn how to touch and feel. So... Oh, that maybe it's just so ingrained in his brain, the like, like slight touch that he just can't even control himself. If you were at lunch with a friend who you've known for 12 years, and I don't believe anything has happened between them, I think that would have been information that he would have disclosed to Nathan on one of their many walks. They seem to get to know each other pretty well. So I'm approaching this from you know, you've known someone a really long time and nothing romantic has ever happened. If you touch hands briefly at lunch, would you would you think like, oh, that's kind of flirty? I don't think so. Um, not if it was like clearly an accident. Like I think in this situation, they're at a bar. You're at like a kind of small table. I think it's just like inevitable that you might touch hands. But I think if you linger, that's when it's like an issue. And then then I'd be like, oh, why are you why are you lingering? How many seconds is too long? Is one second too long? I, th- I don't think one second is a linger. Like, what's a linger? I'd probably say like three plus seconds is too long. Like if yeah, definitely we touch hands and then you say another sentence and we're still touching hands, like that's too long. But anyway, those are my thoughts on Core and Gigi, aka Fake Trisha, or Core and Trisha. So we think that he has a thing for the actress. Is that the conclusion that we've come to? I think that's my headcanon because that's like the funniest outcome. Yes, I agree. I would like to think that he did linger for a few seconds and really dramatically pulled his hand away in the future practices to show to the actress like, oh, if my hand accidentally touched hers, I would absolutely not be about it. Yeah. He's like, it's not you that I'm not attracted to. It's real, Trisha. (laughs) But- You know, also going into this much practice over a conversation with like an acquaintance who you hang out with like once a week in a group trivia. um, Clearly, you've thought a lot about this relationship. Yeah, it does feel like that. All right. Another discussion topic we can have here. How do you feel about losing at trivia? Would you take it so seriously that you would compromise this entire operation and everything you've been rehearsing for? Um, If you started to lose and you need to concentrate on the questions at hand? Well, I do love winning. And if I'm playing with my friends, I probably don't care that much. If I'm playing against my friends, and our friends are the kind of people who would like rub it in your face and talk about it for like a week. Um, As we discovered doing pandemic trivia, um, the lovely Kelly and Colin were hosts And all throughout our week, our conversation was always about how we each did at trivia. Lots of accusations were thrown. So, you know, it's it's good to do well at trivia. But if I was so concerned about revealing a secret, I don't think I would care. But I just got the impression that he thought Trisha would care a lot about how they did at trivia and her mood would change. And she'd like be really upset going into the conversation. So I felt that Well, one, it seems like he cared a lot about trivia, but I think on top of that, I think Trisha also cares a lot about trivia and he was worried about even just like having it go poorly from the very beginning. Yeah, I feel like we need a little more about Trisha and trivia because like we didn't really see her answering any of the questions. We only saw Core answering them. So like I'd love to know what her expertises Mm -hmm. are when it comes to the trivia team. Um, and like, yeah, how competitive is she? 
what is her master's degree in? That's a great question. Yes. I would love to know. I would love to know. Yeah, I don't feel like we spent enough time with her. And I think if you had gone through all this trouble to interview um, like the actress uh, disguising herself as a bird watcher, like why not set up a few interviews and try a few different situations to see how she would respond? Like it would be good if Nathan met her. I think probably they don't want Nathan to meet too many people just because of his like recognizability because there's like a high chance that people have watched Nathan for you. So I would bet that they're trying to like hide him a little bit. I don't know. Everyone put on your tinfoil toques. So we learn that during the rehearsals, Nathan is posing real trivia questions to get them in the mood and to, to really bring this reenactment to life. But he discovers that Core immediately gets distracted by the trivia questions, only is focused on the trivia questions, and gets really anxious when he doesn't get them correct. Nathan decides that to alleviate this stress so he can focus only on the confession, he needs to figure out what the answers to the trivia questions for this week will be and spend the next few weeks slowly telling Core the answers to all the trivia questions through all all these crazy scenes that they happen to walk by that reveal these trivia answers so that Core, who hates cheating and would never cheat in trivia, learns all the answers to the questions before trivia night. So that's not a concern. I love this. This was like the most classic. I love it so much. Yeah, this is so funny. Um, The little scenarios that they walk past. I wanted to rank the scenes. Yeah, I mean... Uh, depending on how our, what our criteria is for ranking them, I think we know which one is definitely the most like unhinged. Um, <laughs> and it's the gunpowder one <laughs> specifically. Definitely the most unhinged. Do you think that they all of the answers were delivered in like very believable ways that like he just stumbled upon them? I think it's one of those things where like because it was over many days that they were going on these walks and this stuff kept happening, I could see you not. Not mm-hmm. being like, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, I think if they did this like all in one day, then you would start getting suspicious. But because it's like, first of all, it's New York City. Like there's always weird stuff going on and people are always like saying mm-hmm. nonsense on the streets. So I don't think I would personally have noticed. I think the funniest thing to me is that they repeat the answers. So like they'd be like, over yeah, they'd be again. like, my Donna Karen New York pants, DKNY, my DKNY pants. It's like. Like the repetition is what got me laughing the most. Yeah, it was great. It was really, it was a really fun segment. I loved it. Very Nathan to go above and beyond and hire actors, you know, uh, plan out all these different scenes that they happen to walk by to like plant this information. So yeah, it was just spectacular. This is why Nathan is the best in the business. Like he just goes and he really thinks about every single piece of the puzzle to be able to plan out the episode chef's kiss yeah all of my favorite nathan for you episodes are when it just like you go to the extreme and like you keep going deeper and deeper of these steps that just seem ridiculous and take so much time to do and so i really loved it yeah very good um and at this point we also meet nathan in his thrifty boy outfit and wow What a snack. The drip. (laughs) The drip. The bucket hat. He trendy. He thrifty. He's on a budget. I love him. At at the end of the series, we should should rank the versions of Nathan for like most dateable. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, we can definitely do that. (laughs) Spoiler, they'll all be number one in our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Non-spoiler. It's it's him as a magician. (laughs) Just regular Nathan. Yeah, so Nathan meets up with the trivia night host um, so that he can get these trivia answers out and just kind of better understand the trivia game. Blah, blah, blah. All of that happens. What I really want to talk about, other than the fit, is that he's just snacking on a ketchup packet at the table. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) notice that. (laughs) If you had to snack on a packet of condiment, what condiment would you pick? Uh, Okay, let's... What are all the options? So mayo, ketchup, mustard. Is that it? Relish? 
Soy sauce, I think. Okay. I like soy sauce probably the best, but I wouldn't want to drink it. But it would be the thinnest consistency so you could like get it down a little faster oh honey i think like those honey packets you can get at starbucks or sriracha you can get little peanut butter packets it would be peanut Peanut butter but that's not a condiment too easy (laughs) okay so (laughs) you want me to say ketchup (laughs) i'm not saying relish i'm not a pickle person i'm working on it though i'm trying but i'm just not there yet it's just like I can't believe the guy who he's talking to doesn't say anything about this. He's being the thrifty king he is. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even notice it until the second watch, and then I could not unsee it. I I cannot believe I missed that and didn't write it in bold. I must have, like, blinked. <laughs> yeah. So we we see this, and we see the whole trivia compilation, and then we are at kind of the last simulation before Core actually goes to meet up with Trisha for real. And Nathan hires 30 plus actors to come into the fake bar. And something really broke my heart watching this scene. I'm sure you can guess exactly what it is. No, that we weren't hired. <laughs> yes, that is one. But the pizza, they're throwing out all of that pizza. <laughs> yeah, fair. We'll snack on ketchup pack. We'll throw out whole pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything that you thought of when we were watching this like very elaborate last rehearsal? I got real nervous. I was like, oh, this went so poorly. Um, I thought, how could anyone care that much about someone like a casual friend from trivia having a master's degree? But uh, the actress was great really rolling with it. I feel like it'd be incredibly difficult to act as someone you've met once for like 15 minutes talking about birds. Honestly, all of the actors in this were <laughs> really incredible. Like the guy who's playing fake core at the beginning as well. Like they really did do a good job of getting these people's mannerisms down. They were all very silly and fun and I loved it. And I'm just sad that we were not extras on this show. I know. We, we should have known. We should have moved to New York. We should have tried to be available at any given day. We should have kept our eyes peeled on Craigslist. We're not trying hard enough. We're not dedicated enough to this podcast, and it shows. I'm embarrassed, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Next time, we'll do better, you guys. I'm sorry. We'll move to New York. So how do we feel about how the actual core Trisha meetup goes, the real-life one? So I thought it was hilarious. Okay, I guess I'll start at the very beginning. So they walk in and they show kind of like the split screen showing that as soon as Core comes in, oh no, the table he had practiced sitting at was taken. Don't worry, they have a plan for it. We go to Bubble B where it's like, okay, I need to convince this table to move to another seat. We kind of discussed that a little bit. So I love seeing the breakdown of how they were actually able to implement this practice into the real thing and that it was working. Yeah, 100%. It was pretty cool. It was also hilarious when uh, Trisha arrives and they they predicted that she would be in a bad mood and would be complaining about a lot of different things. Immediately, I'm in an awful mood, complains about her roommates, complains about a truck that was outside, but don't worry, she called a bylaw on them and they had to move as soon as she was leaving. It sounds like this is typical behavior of her, which is too bad. Hopefully, you know, maybe she sees this. I don't know. It'd be really weird watching this of yourself, but... Maybe she sees it and she tries to, you know, make the best of situations and try to think of some more positive stories when going to trivia because they seem to predict this very accurately. And Cor, you know, immediately uses his line. He says, Trish the dish and uh, says, you know, I just thought I'd get you buzzed up. (laughs) The things that he's practiced the most. We've seen him say like a hundred times at this point. Yeah, he executed those lines perfectly. He got some drinks. Trivia was going really well. We did get to see a scene of them starting to answer the questions. And we were hoping he'd be able to pull in all of that knowledge from Nathan's walks. He was really close, but missed the first question. But it sounds like all the rest of them, he was able to remember. And, you know, they ended up winning trivia, which is a really big high to ride. Yeah, he really gets away with a lot this episode. He wins trivia. He tells Trish about you know, the truth about his uh, master's degree or the fact that he doesn't have one. 
and that he would like her to stop sending him job postings that require one. And she takes it super well. She's basically like, oh, that's not a big deal. And they kind of have like a little bonding moment about how he doesn't feel very secure in the fact that he doesn't have a master's degree and like a bit more of his background with his family situation. It's very wholesome to see these two people connect like this. Yeah, I guess it, we didn't quite know how good friends they were. Um, a few different things happened when it first started. You know, I thought he might be revealing this to the whole trivia team and we kind of narrowed it down to Trisha. I don't think they go to trivia one-on-one very often, so they were able to have this extra bonding time. I thought it was really funny when they knew she would be in a bad mood and they needed to turn her into like a chipper, happier version of herself for this conversation. So he knew exactly what to talk about in order to get her in a good mood, which seems to be very specifically like presidential (laughs) twins and grandchildren. So she has like a very specific like... (laughs) you know, interest. I mean, Vincent Carthizer and presidential children. Yeah, you know, put her in a good mood. She was very excited. I also thought it was very clever that they decided the timing of when he would deliver this information was after the last round of trivia and before the scorecards came back. So that if it went poorly, he had an excuse to leave. They also decided to get pizza during that time so that, you know, she'd have her mouth full and wouldn't necessarily be able to talk over him Um, So he could actually get the information out. We did see that despite the 13 practices, he got really nervous. The camera zoomed in really (laughs) close to his face. And we weren't sure if he was going to rip that bandaid off and, you know, tell all this information. He seemed like he was going to bail, but it went really well. Trisha was really sweet and said, you know, not a big deal at all. Like, oh, my sister just got her GED. Like, She seemed like a really supportive, kind friend. You know, she said, it's not a problem at all. Like, you shouldn't have been nervous. Like, you certainly didn't need to tell me this information. Like, for all this big buildup of her being, like, violently angry and would react really poorly and would storm off, like, she acted like, I want to say a normal person (laughs) and how most, like, 99% of people would react to this where, you know, you're very sympathetic and and kind and understanding of the situation. And it led to an hour and a half conversation just about his life and they seemed to bond closer than ever before. Yeah, just imagine if he had bailed at the last minute, how bad this episode would be. (laughs) What an awful premiere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're like, "Uh, we need to rehearse this one more time. We need to plan it in a new location and do it all over again. Find a new trivia person you want to say this to. (laughs) But... The plan to have food arrive when you're telling someone news so that their mouth is full and they can't necessarily respond is something everyone can take with them and use in their life. Yeah, absolutely flawless. Like, that is incredible. If you have bad news, order a pizza. Yeah. Also, if someone's in a bad mood, talk about the Bush twins and presidential grandchildren. Or, like, their interests. Because, you know, for most people, that (laughs) conversation would go nowhere. Put me in a worse mood. (laughs) Yeah, so everything goes well. And then um, our kind of last thing that we end on is Nathan deciding essentially if he wants to reveal to Core that he actually helped him cheat on trivia, but Core doesn't know. And we see that Nathan is the one who does not go through with telling Core the truth about this, which I feel like is almost like a nice little lesson in the fact that sometimes it's it's okay to lie. Well, it's hard because he's obviously going to watch this episode. Yes. And so he's going to see it. And so do you want to give him a heads up as to what he's going to be watching on TV? Do you think he'll feel silly? Do you think you're far enough away so it doesn't matter? And he lived on that high for a while. I probably wouldn't tell him, but... Um, You know, obviously Nathan rehearsed multiple outcomes and decided, you know, all these outcomes seem negative. There's not a version that uh, it's better than than not telling him. So he made an educated decision and ran the simulation to the ground. Something else that they actually rehearsed was the different outcomes at the end of the night and after the fact. So a friendship loss or the joy of a friendship strengthened. So, you know, if he had lost his friend, they rehearsed him going home and being sad about it, thinking about it, or, you know, having this great new friendship. Nathan says, maybe it's the easiest to choose a path 
when you can live the future first, to free yourself from doubt or regret, and to always know the answers. Do you think there are any situations that you would have loved to have rehearsed in the most elaborate way possible? So many. So, so many. <laughs> Literally every situation. Every single <laughs> argument. Nathan, call us. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come up with a witty comeback. I want a comedy writer. Yeah, I feel like there's so many times when, especially like after the fact, I think is the biggest thing. Where you're always like, oh my God, I should have said this or like, I wish I had expressed myself better. But I also think that that's just like part of living, you know? You can't rehearse. There's no rehearsals in life, baby. Well, maybe there are. Only on this show. Maybe there could be. (laughs) I wonder if anyone saw this episode and was like, holy smokes what a great idea i need to start using this and doing this like often maybe if you decided to simulate a conversation let us know how it went i don't think i'd be able to come up with all the outcomes no it would be very hard to figure out how every single person is going to react yeah definitely i guess if it was someone close to you like if we tried to simulate a conversation with colin we could probably guess we could probably figure it out. That's true. I mean, I was going to say even like Core, he tried to predict how Trisha would react and he was immediately wrong. Like he was like violent and she was the opposite of violent. She was totally normal and compassionate. So like, what do you do you think it's because they were in a public place? Like, I need to know the, the argument that they had where he was this nervous about it. Like, she was clearly violent with her words in the past. (laughs) I think it's just because she comes in so hot, like, complaining all the time. I think he was just like, oh, I've heard her complain about, like, her roommate or whatever. Like, I don't want to be the person that she's mad about. But it's like, sometimes you just want to complain. Like, I get in those moods, too, where you're just, like, talking shit about something so stupid and trivial and you don't even mean it. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to know if they're friends after watching this episode. Yeah. I think I'd feel a little weird about it. Would you laugh it off? Would you think it's really weird? I guess it's hard to put yourself in those shoes. Yeah. I mean, I think that this would lead to them having to have another hard conversation about why did you think I would react violently? (laughs) It's just a cycle. (laughs) They meet at the alligator lounge. They need to bring Nathan back to practice this conversation. Yeah, maybe that's season two, just to check in with every single person. (laughs) With every single episode, how they had the the talk afterwards. It'd be tough. You know how sometimes universities just give people an honorary degree? Like, can someone hook the guy up? Someone give this man a master's. And that's episode one of the rehearsal. I think overall, uh, we're both pretty happy with how the series is going. I did look up the title of the next episode and what it is about, but I won't spoil it um, if anyone is sensitive to that kind of thing. But it looks very weird and I think is a topic that many people will be very interested to see how Nathan goes about rehearsing this particular one. I feel like weird is our bread and butter. Yes. So I'm excited to dive in next week. Yeah. Please, if you are new to the podcast um, or you just haven't subscribed yet, uh, if you could hit that subscribe button, if you could please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, that would be super helpful. Um, Helps other people find the podcast. And, you know, we can share our love of Nathan and all things Nathan Fielder. Follow us on TikTok at Nathan for us podcast will be prolific tiktokers soon i promise follow us on twitter and instagram at nathan for us pod um occasionally we post things that are you know chuckle worthy this has been kelly and megan on your side <laughs>